Welcome to Potter Familias, coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. I'm Todd Sylvester. I'm Stefan Sylvester. You know, in, in scripture where it says you should become as a little child? Yes. I want to thank you for helping me with that. How so? Because today... I was helping you drop off one of your vehicles, so I was driving your van that you normally drive, and I, I'm i one of those people that it's a little weird. I don't like to adjust people's seats okay, because they've got it right where they want it, so I don't <laughs> I, want to adjust the I seat. I know where you're going I mean, it's, I mean, it'd be different <laughs> if it was a really long trip. Yeah. You know, if I was driving a it's half an hour safe. or more like, or something It would like have that. been fine for you to move my seat around. I wouldn't have complained. I, yeah, but I it's just a weird thing that Afton I do. And I, Afton and I have to do that all the time. Well, right. But you know where she is at and where it goes for you. And oh, no, no, no. We don't change it for, for each me. other. We just change it for ourselves. Oh, whatever. Whatever. Because I know that she wants it a certain specific way. No, seriously, like I appreciate the fact that you were doing that for me. But I wish that you had. But I do that for everyone. Well, why? And, no, it's but, not safe. Under normal why circumstances. Why would you not set the car up? So that, no, 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 no. Stop safe it. Enough. Safety. Under how could you see? How could you see out of the back window of the car? Well, see, that's what I'm trying to say. Most people are human size when I'm getting in their vehicles, so I don't have to adjust the seat because they're human. You, on the other hand, are Andre the Giant, so I get in there and I felt like a little kid. I felt like I couldn't reach the pedals. This could have been such a nice moment. But I felt like, oh, become like a little child. Good. Just get <laughs> in the Stefan's van. Did you feel like a child? Yes. I felt like a little kid driving like I stole <laughs> Uncle Billy's car. Oh, man. Like short round? Yes. And I'm driving going, I can't see anything. I can't see anything. That does not make me feel good about you driving my car, although I'm glad that you did. So That's R U N N O F T. Man. We were just talking about that movie today on Facebook. There you go. I guess it was released like 20 years ago. Powder Familiar, baby. Yeah, that's right. It's bona fide. Yeah, got to give credit where credit is due. That is where we got the name from, if He's anybody was wondering. He's, He's a, a suitor. suitor. You done got run over by a train. I need to throw my hat down. Good stuff. <laughs> Let's do the main thing. Let's do this thing. I don't know how, if you were around, do you remember the email chains? Yeah, of course. When email was first getting popular, first came out, everybody. You you remember setting up email accounts for all of us when we were homeschooling and we needed to have an address to be able to do that online stuff. But we didn't use AOL. No, it was Comcast. Or is it or is it Bell South? Or was it Comcast? It may have been first? Bell South first, but we used Comcast. That's the one that I really remember from when I was a teenager. Okay. Okay. But when email was just getting blown up popular and everybody was emailing, they had email chains, you know, chain letter that would go around. And sometimes it was 
it was connected with if you send this to 10 friends and this will happen and everything. But yeah. most of the time it was just people forwarding stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was always a crack up to me because they didn't know that you could just forward it, you know, and blind copy everybody. So <laughs> you'd have like pages and pages. I'm yeah. scrolling, I'm scrolling to finally get to the actual email. It didn't bother me as much then as it bothers me now when people still do that. <laughs> Because you're like, come on. Yeah, I'm like, all right. <laughs> Do people still email? 2004 is that, or is called just and they texting? want their email chains back, but, but Grandma. It, but is everybody just texting now? Does does anyone email anymore? No, people still email, but only if they're of a certain age. Uh, uh, what, are you, what are you trying to say? Not talking about you. I remember, though, getting very frustrated with certain chain emails. Mm-hmm. And the, some people, I was just, I'm sorry, even if it was an authentic email where they said if you open this i'll give you a million dollars i was deleting it because i'm from nigeria right but i I was so tired of them i'm royalty just forwarding so much just why the money but there was a small number of people who did not forward a lot of stuff to me but whenever they did it was gold Mm. like they only forwarded the stuff that was like yeah todd you're gonna really i know you and you're really going to really like this. Yeah. And one particular friend, I distinctly remember, said, you're going to love this, especially for youth ministry. And I was like, cool. Now, that to me is like a tool. Okay. Like, all right, let's 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 go. And it was this email, uh, and this is how the story goes, that there was a wealthy person that said, okay, every day in your bank account, I'm going to put $86,400 into your bank account, and you have to spend it all in that day. Okay. And for, for initially, when I'm reading it, because they had broken it up to where, you know, you had to scroll a little bit before you could get to the rest of the story, I was frustrated at that. I'm like, I don't want to spend it. I want to save it. Yeah. Or I want to invest it. I want to do better things with it. Don't tell me I have to spend the money. Like, that to me is a, is a mean rich guy. Okay. Like, that's a rich guy that, like, dude, back off. If you're really giving me a gift... Then let me do whatever I want with exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And as I continue to scroll down, I was like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. I still don't see where this is and going. And you, you will in just one second. All right. In fact, you will in 86,400 seconds. Oh, is that the number of seconds in a day? In 24 hours. <laughs> okay, I get okay, it. Okay, so every yeah. day you get... 86,400 seconds, and you have to spend them. Why are you laughing? (laughs) You know what just went through my head was, I get 86,400 seconds. That's exactly what you get, though, and (laughs) you have to spend them. You cannot save them. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. You can't stop time. You can't save time. You can. Some people will be like, "Oh well," but you know, memories and all this stuff. Yeah, that's great. But any bit of time, you know, here we'll pull up. We'll pull up Heidegger for our philosophy brains. Okay, is once it's gone, it is gone forever. Right. It's the eternal present. Exactly. And it's something mm. where as soon as you say now, it's gone. Right. Because it's constantly moving. And what you do with those. Now, just imagine if they were dollars, because for me, that was a great mental image. It worked really well for me. I'm like, wow, 86,400 bucks. Like, I don't make that in a year. And I would get that in a day. Like, that's crazy. And you have to spend it all. So how are you going to spend it? Yeah. 
Isn't that trippy? That is trippy. That's, that's why I paused. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, because I think about then even like the stuff as, as, apart from work, when I'm engaged in conversation, when I'm with people, when fo- certain phone calls happen, like na- certain names come up on my phone and I dread them. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, no, 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 this is going to be a 45-minute conversation. Yeah. And I don't know what 45 times 60 is. We can we can do the math. We can start thinking about it that way, though. Mm-hmm. And now now put a dollar sign on it. And then you want to ask the question, is that person that valuable to you? Mm-hmm. Now, there's going to be ones where obviously the answer is yes. Our spouses, our children. Right, but then, you know. But am I spending the time with them? Who was it that said, I only love God as much as the person I love the least? Ooh, I don't know, but that hurts. Yeah. Oh, man. Hang on. I got to look up that quote. because oh, that. You just punched me in the face. Thanks a lot. God. So when that email went around, that was one that I did forward a lot to a lot of people. Hopefully they... Oh, it was... Um... Dorothy Day. Dorothy Day. I've got a picture of her on the back of my phone. I should know that. That's Um, awesome. She said, I really only love God. She made it about herself. I really only love God as much as I love the person I love the least. Yeah, which is so true. Wow. That's just how it works. That's that's what I thought of when you said that, because there are those people for me as well, who I see the number on the phone, I see the name come up when they want to call and talk, and I just go like, "Ah, great. This is why there's voicemail. Right. And so I don't want to pick it up. And my wife has called me out on this before where she says like, you know, you have the time to talk to this person right now. And Okay, let's stop right there. Okay, let's think about this. If if we have the time, then are we being selfish with the time? Not necessarily, because I think there are situations like I have a lot of thoughts about this, so okay. I'm just going to get all these yeah, out. Yeah, please. Um isn't this cool though? This, uh, yeah, it's blowing my mind a little bit. Yeah. Like, I love it when we get a really good topic where there's a lot of ways that you can go with this because my philosophy brain goes crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think that obviously your identity as a person and the relationships that you have with the people that are closest to you have to take precedence if you're going to live I an agree. authentic spiritual life. I so, agree. for example, if I'm getting a call from somebody who I know is going to be an investment of time. And I know that it's a one-sided relationship where they're getting something from me, but I'm not getting anything really from them right. except sacrificing my time. Right. Which I don't like to put it that way, but just no. So but that, we, that is real, right? That is so real. So we understand what's going on here. Like, um, there are times when it is perfectly appropriate and it's actually the right thing for me to do to not answer the phone. I agree. And it's making the decision about when that is where we decide if we're going to be saints or not. And that's the hard part. Right. And I'm so glad you put it that way mm-hmm. because I feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. There there are Look, those We agree times. on something. We do. Yeah. <laughs> we do. It doesn't happen that often. Paterfamilias, people. Paterfamilias. It, it is so hard, though, to discern authentically because even sometimes I will get called out by mom. Yeah. Because she'll be like, no, 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 no. You can't answer the phone right now because she'll she'll look at the name Mm -hmm. and go "Uh uh-uh we're in the middle of playing scrabble or you're about to go out and play cornhole with your sons or we're in the middle of doing the dishes or something but i think we actually have the opposite problem with that because for me my tendency is because you you're talking about feeling an obligation right yeah and you feel like 
you have to answer the phone and you are morally obligated to do so. Yeah. So I recognize that moral obligation and I ignore it because I'm a horrible horrible you're not, christian you're not you're not a horrible <laughs> no, christian but, but here's the thing but it's real i'm not saying that as if it's a derogatory thing or and i'm also not saying it as if i'm being it's like it's not false modesty it's just real like yeah. i recognize the fact that i have this particular flaw yeah and it is a flaw calling it anything else is is dishonest yeah so I do have this flaw. I recognize that I have an obligation to be Christ to others in this particular way, and I ignore it most of the time. I don't. I'm gonna say I don't agree with you. I don't. Maybe think not. You, I okay. don't think you do it most of the time. Maybe not most of the time, but it feels like most of the time to me. Well, because it's one of those things where it shoots up there, and then you look at it, just like with myself. Okay, I taught high school for four years and got teacher of the year two of those years. But you know what I remember most from those four years? My screw-ups. Well, yeah. The times where, where I blew well, up on the kids but, but or said something. That's that's just human nature. Like, we all are going to... Well, so, that's what ever, I'm trying to point out with well, you, yeah, yeah, but But I'm recognizing it and putting a name to it instead of being like, ha-ha, you know, I could do better. It's like, I am aware that right. I do better. Right. I get it. Okay. So I'm calling myself out in this moment just to make sure that I'm not sweeping all this stuff under the rug and right. ignoring it. So right? now you want to be like Dorothy Day. You're thinking about the person that you love the least and you want to love them more. Exactly. And that's the difficult thing is making those judgment calls because obviously we all have... These, these moments where our vocation makes itself known in our hearts, right? We have these moments where the, the urging or the guidance of the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, makes you aware of something that makes you uncomfortable, but you know you need to do. Right. And in those moments, a lot of times I don't rise to the challenge. And right. that's something that I need to recognize about myself if I want to grow. Okay. Right? So, okay. For the, so for everyone, it's not like this is, this is not me projecting on anyone else. This is just for me. If we're talking about having this certain amount of time every day, and if we're striving for perfection, then we have to talk about it this way. Right. And if we don't, we're not being honest with ourselves. Right. Like, that's one of the things that I loved about listening to Dr. Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson, because he was the one who, uh, he said something that had been in the back of my mind, but I could never really find words to say before, because I looked around at the world, and I saw an awful lot of darkness and an awful lot of sin, and I tend to look at the world through rose-colored glasses, but in a completely different way than you do. So when he first said, there's a darkness within everybody that could make them, like, you need to be aware of the evil that you are capable of, was his point, right? right? And if you're not aware of it, or if you don't think that you're capable of the awful things that people throughout history have done, then you're fooling yourself. I agree. So we've talked about this a little bit before, like the perfect storm of a bad situation or like you know, things that push you over the edge, so to speak. Right. It's like if you find yourself in a position where all of the anchors of your life are stripped away, are you going to sink or not? Right. You know? Well, you remember, I, I shared the story about the the young adult. was. We were out walking because they were having a hard time with their family, and they're talking, and I, I made some comment, and they go, well, Todd, well, what sin are you capable of? Mm. I grabbed his arm. And stopped him dead in his tracks and turned him towards me. And I said, I do not want to know the answer of that question. Yeah. I don't want to know the answer. And he was like, geez, Todd, chill out. I was just, you know, saying that you're a really holy guy. It's like, yeah, but the way you phrased it. Made. What sin are yeah. you capable of? And so. Oh, my Lord. So because because we both understand philosophy, we know where this comes from, right? There is this 
innate darkness that springs forth from our original sin in every person. Right. Right. Everybody is capable of absolutely God awful things. Right. Everyone. Mm -hmm. So recognizing that is a good step toward being able to structure your life around recognizing the value of your time and your decision making. Right. Yes. Because that's really what like people talk about making decisions that lead to being holy or lead to being a saint, right? And as Catholics, that's what we're trying to do. And we're sort of trying to project that to the rest of the world. And that's how evangelization happens, right? It's primarily through action, not through words. Correct. And in doing so, I think we actually have, I I don't want to say stumbled upon because it's actually, I think, meant to be this way, but we've stumbled upon the best way from a pragmatic perspective of looking at how to live your life, right? right? Which is why a lot of inspirational pastors and like self-help coaches, it all sounds vaguely Christian, right? It's all put into that same category because that's where it springs from. It comes from these principles that are ancient, that come from the beginning of time, Right. right? Which that's what we're talking about is like, your time has value, and the decisions that you make with your free will, it has value. And so recognizing that... I, I would say it even has more value, because for those of us that don't have a lot of money, yeah, you, w- what we all do have is time. equally yeah. is the exact same amount of time. Yeah. Jeff Bezos has 86,400 seconds in a day. Yep. Tim Cook has 86,400 seconds in a day. The homeless guy living under a bridge also. has 86,400 seconds in a day. Yeah. This is a good reminder for me. Oh, for, when I first w- read this, it wrecked me in a good way because I sat down. I wasn't really good with calendars and the itinerary of my day. I just kind of, you know, would get into a kind of a rhythm type thing. But I never really thought about the importance of every single second that passes is gone forever. Yeah. I just didn't think about it. Yeah. It's pretty sobering. Yeah. But it, 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 I think it's really good for us to be reminded of this. I think it stuff. is too. And I say sobering not in a negative sense. It's sobering in a sense of like, okay, like, it it gives it makes me remember that I do have a purpose, yeah. right? And yeah. that can be a really important... Like, you know, we were just talking a minute ago. I forget if it was this episode or the last episode. Um, but we were talking about Justin Bieber and the new generation of musicians and mm-hmm. how it's hard for me to get into it. But yeah. I understand where that's coming from. Right. A lot of it is religious themed. They're searching for this deeper meaning of something that's missing for them. And I think that actually makes a lot of sense, right? Because the world is getting to the point where there's so much luxury, especially for people in the West and in the United States and other places like it, where you don't really have a need to understand your suffering anymore because you can just mask it. You can make yourself comfortable and then you don't have to deal with it ever. Why do you think we have the opioid crisis? Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, let's do pain pain killers until we die. So you can quite literally numb your pain, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to process it or deal with it. But Mm -hmm. if you are a Christian, especially if you're a Catholic, then you already have this built-in understanding of the purpose and meaning of suffering and the value that it has, right? So I would call it, it's not the same suffering, obviously, as giving your life, but I would call it a small suffering, picking up the phone when it's somebody who it's difficult for me to have a relationship with or continue relationship with them. I would call it what you said, though, because it's instead of a red martyrdom, it's a white martyrdom. Yeah, because it is suffering. And And it's a death to self. It's not something that you want to do, but you know it's probably the best thing to do at that that time. So balancing that, like we were talking about a minute ago, 
and figuring out when it's appropriate to respond to that obligation that you might feel, that's where it happens, yeah. right? That's where you make the choices that determine what kind of a person you are. And the struggle that I have oftentimes is that I'm pulled also towards other things that are good. Mm-hmm. It'd be so much easier if it was like, all right, I want to go and buy <laughs> meth or answer this phone call from a really lonely friend. Right. Then it's obvious. Then it's, it's obvious. It's more difficult when you have to make those choices between two goods. Right. And like I, I'm working. I'm, I can't tell you how many times the phone has gone off and I'm literally on a ladder. Yeah. I am on a ladder with a drill in my hand <laughs> and I'm still sin- sitting there going, oh no, oh no. Because yeah. even with an AirPod, I can't run the drill. Like I can't focus. I'm going to have to really give my attention to this person. Yeah. I'll, you know, what I have to say about this is God bless people that do counseling and psychiatrists, psychologists. Like yeah. that is an incredible line of work that's much needed right now. Absolutely. And we've done our own fair share of counseling just, you know, in a, uh, a much more informal way because of doing youth ministry. But you still, I, I, we've talked about this before, how I have that face that says, tell me your life story, you know? <laughs> yes, wherever you go. And so I don't travel, I don't travel on planes as much as I used to before we had kids. And when I was in college out of state, I would travel on a plane all the time. And I swear to you that I have, tell me your whole story and all the things you're struggling with, like tattooed on my face somewhere. It must be. And I remember getting frustrated because I was like, I really don't like this. Like there's not really a lot of enjoyable stuff about this in the moment when it's happening, but golly, do you feel fulfilled once you realize that you're helping somebody? Absolutely. There was one time I was going and speaking at a college uh, Catholic group in Kansas. Awesome people there. Just tremendous people. And it's tremendous. It just went on and on and on and on because the, the person that put in, in charge were like, Todd, some of the kids want to talk to you individually. So after the talk, they were doing like a mock prom for these college students, which I thought was really cool. Cool. And I thought, oh, I'll be talking with some people for like 20 minutes, and then I'll head to the my <laughs> hotel room. The dance was over, and there was a line of people still talking with me. Yeah. So finally I get to the, the very last person, and I am like dead tired. So the young priest, who's super cool, goes, hey, Todd, we're all going to IHOP. You want to go? And I'm like, no, I, I really, I've got an early flight. They're coming to get me at like 6.30 in the morning, and it was already, I guess, 1 a.m., I said, I'd like to get a little bit of, of sleep. And he goes, well, you know, the, the kids really want you to go. Mm, I'm like, you're twisting a Twisting your arm. You are a jerk. With the ministry thing. I love you, yeah. but you're a jerk. So yeah, we yeah. went. And then the, the next day, this is the part that I'm telling you about with uh, getting on the airplane. I had gotten a, maybe about an hour and 45 minutes worth of sleep. Yeah. So I got on the plane. And this guy, not he wasn't sitting right next to me. There was an empty seat in between us. But I turned to him and I said, I'm really sorry, but I can't talk. I'm going to fall asleep. And he's looking at me like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, <laughs> like, you who, had the gift of cares? the indifferent guy sitting next to you. right? Because that is a gift. That is a gift if you're one of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Woo, it's great. That's awesome. Too fun. 86,400 seconds. seconds. Golly. What are you going to do with them? What you gonna do with them, man? Because you gotta spend them. You can't save them. That's deep stuff, man. It is. This is really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Guys, this is Potter Familius. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Like, share, do the things, and if you'd like to become a patron, 
then check it out in the description. And thank you so much. This is just an absolute joy in our lives. To be it really this. is. We appreciate you all uh, tuning in and yeah. watching and listening. Y'all are awesome.